The marijuana industry is constantly changing with new laws, rules, and regulations. You need to know what's happening. We keep you up to date by bringing you the latest information on the marijuana industry. So get ready, because this is the M News Now. A new federally funded study found that people who live in states where recreational cannabis is legal have lower rates of alcohol use disorder when compared to states where recreational cannabis is still illegal. The researchers found that overall alcohol consumption did not significantly differ between states, but those living in the legalized cannabis states were less likely to risk harm while under the influence of alcohol. The researchers also stated that the vulnerabilities to cannabis use were not exacerbated by the legal cannabis environment, meaning the study results did not find any link between cannabis legalization and an increase in psychosocial disorders. The authors cautioned that the findings do not imply that cannabis consumption is without risk, only that we do not identify meaningful changes in these negative outcomes as a result of legalization. Researchers caution that this data is difficult to interpret and merits additional investigation in future work. The study had been conducted by researchers at the University of Colorado and the University of Minnesota, and it was supported through grants by the National Institutes of Health. San Antonio will likely be the next Texas town to decriminalize cannabis. Texas has a very limited medical marijuana program, and recreational use is illegal. And unlike many other states, Texas does not allow for citizen-led initiatives brought by signature petition campaigns to put measures on the statewide ballot. So the only way recreational cannabis can be legalized there would be by state legislators sponsoring and then voting on a measure. But there's a group of activists who haven't given up, and instead, they're tackling the issue city by city. Ground Game Texas are the activist group that have spearheaded several successful campaigns to decriminalize cannabis across the state. They started in the capital of Austin and followed with five more cities. And now it looks like San Antonio could be next. Ground Game Texas, along with SA Stands and the Immigrant Legal Resource Center, turned in enough signatures to put cannabis decriminalization measures on the local San Antonio, Texas ballots. The activists needed at least 20,000 valid signatures to qualify for this, but they surpassed it by collecting roughly 37,000 signatures. Those excess numbers will serve as a buffer in case any signatures are disqualified. This helps all but ensure that the measure will get on the ballot. The text of that initiative states that San Antonio police officers shall not issue citations or make arrests for Class A or Class B misdemeanor possessions of marijuana offenses, with some limited exceptions. It also says that the police can't consider the odor of marijuana or hemp to constitute probable cause for any search or seizure. Julie Oliver, who's the executive director for Ground Game Texas, said in a press release that their latest measure will make San Antonio a model for public safety reform across Texas and the nation, and we look forward to putting it in front of voters on the May ballot. Ananda Thomas, who's the executive director of Act 4 SA, said the fact that the signature collection effort was completed in just under three months shows how much San Antonio residents really do want cannabis decriminalization. A poll released last year found that a majority of Texas voters do support legalizing cannabis, with about four in five residents saying that they feel cannabis should be legal for either medical or recreational use. Hawaii residents are saying mahalo after legislators there announced plans to legalize recreational cannabis. The state of Hawaii seems like it would be a perfect fit for cannabis, but to date, the Aloha state has not embraced legalization of the plant. 
Hawaii does have a limited medical marijuana program, but recreational adult use is not legal there. At least not yet. Hawaii's former governor was not a strong cannabis supporter and often stated his hesitancy to support it due to its federally illegal status. But now, there's a newly elected governor, Josh Green, who does support cannabis. Just prior to being elected, and during a debate in October of 2022, Green said that if it were up to him, marijuana should be monitored carefully and handled like cigarettes. He also added, we should take the 30 to $40 million of taxes we would get from that and invest in the development and recreation of our mental health care system for the good of all. So now that Hawaii has a more cannabis-friendly governor, it looks a little more likely for the gorgeous state to get even greener. And the first indication of that was seen on January 11th at a press conference at the state capitol. The press conference was held by Hawaii State Congressional Representative Democrat Janae Capella, who announced that she would soon be introducing proposed cannabis legislation for the state. Her press conference was held in conjunction with the Marijuana Policy Project, the Drug Policy Forum of Hawaii, and the ACLU of Hawaii. The Marijuana Policy Project's senior legislative counsel, Devon Ward, started the press conference, and he emphasized the urgent need for legislation. He said, Marijuana prohibition has caused immeasurable harm to our communities, particularly communities of color. And cannabis legalization is an opportunity to stop the harm to our residents and the waste of limited public safety resources. The next speaker up was Nikos Lavernas of the Drug Policy Forum of Hawaii. He talked about the critical opportunity that legislators have to legalize cannabis and to address the needs of those affected by the war on drugs. He pointed out that a properly regulated adult-use market will create many quality jobs and business opportunities across Hawaii. And with the potential for cannabis plants to really thrive in Hawaii's climate, that could equate to the potential growth and strength of Hawaiian craft cannabis brands, cannabis tourism, and scientific research. Up next at the press conference was George Cadero from ACLU Hawaii. He spoke about the negative effects of cannabis prohibition and pointed out that keeping it illegal creates low-level cannabis convictions that drain the state's financial resources, contribute to overcrowding in prisons, and dramatically impact people's lives. Cordero said, Having a marijuana conviction on your record can make it extremely difficult to get employment, apply for a credit card, secure housing, or work for the rest of your life. Representative Capella then took the mic and said, We all know, and Hawaii's people know, that it's high time to legalize recreational cannabis use for adults in Hawaii. And while she and the other speakers spoke of the urgent need for legalization, Capella didn't give a time frame for when her proposed bill would be ready to be officially introduced to the state Senate. We can only hope that that will be sometime soon. The governor of Minnesota thinks their state's cannabis legalization will be done by May. Minnesota residents legalized medical marijuana in 2014. But despite the majority of Minnesota residents also being in favor of full adult-use recreational legalization, that still hasn't passed into law. And that's because the past state Republican majority of legislators opposed it. However, despite their opposition, and thanks to a creatively written bill, some limited cannabis edibles, such as gummies, were legalized for adult use. That bill had gone through the normal reviews and vetting channels, but apparently some of those lawmakers didn't read it very thoroughly. And so they were surprised to learn that by passing the measure, they'd accidentally legalized this form of cannabis. But despite that passing, 
Minnesota residents are still waiting for the full legalization of recreational adult-use cannabis. This past November, though, Minnesota residents voted for a Democratic majority in both the State House and Senate, as well as a Democratic governor, and those officials say that they're confident that recreational legalization in Minnesota will be enacted sooner than later. And this week, they got closer to that happening. On Wednesday, January 11th, a Minnesota House committee approved a full cannabis legalization bill, with several amendments. It still needs to be voted on by the full House, but Governor Tim Waltz recently said that he thinks this could all be passed and done by May. And the state Senate minority leader, Republican Ryan Winkler, agrees. He spoke with the news site Marijuana Moment last week and said it's likely that passing legalization will be done by May. Winkler pointed out that the state legislator adjourns at the end of May, so if legalization isn't passed before then, it would take another full year before the next session opens and the issue could be addressed again. Winkler said, I don't think anything will be improved or bettered by waiting, so it's in everyone's interest to get this bill passed. While Governor Waltz and Senate Minority Leader Winkler are optimistic, not everyone else is. The state Senate Majority Leader and Democratic House Speaker Melissa Hortman said recently that cannabis reform will take a long time to move through the state legislature. The National Transportation Safety Board released a report last week that urges states with legalized cannabis to add warning labels to cannabis products that reference the dangers of driving while impaired. There actually already are several legal states which do require their own labeling, but since not all of them do, the report stresses that it's important and urge them all to follow suit. The report also noted that the federal prohibition on cannabis is creating a barrier to any type of national-level consumer education efforts, and therefore, they're urging the states to do so. The National Transportation and Safety Board acknowledged that it is unclear if these types of warning labels and media campaigns could actually change driver behavior, but they do feel that it would at least increase awareness of the risks. They wrote, In theory, if drivers have greater awareness of the risks, they may be less likely to use drugs if they know they must drive. Another option would be to make plans for alternative forms of transportation, and this could lead to an overall reduction in impaired driving crashes. The report did also acknowledge that alcohol remains the drug with the most detrimental impact on traffic safety. However, they pointed out that cannabis and other potentially impairing drugs do also contribute to the problem of impaired driving crashes, and thus the need to address it. That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates and follow us on themnewsnow.com. Later.